Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. In this interview, I'll be talking to Brett, who's a college student, and he was making 500 bucks a month at the time of the interview. Now, this is an interview I did a little while back, originally published over on the YouTube channel. So, by the way, if you're just a podcast listener, that's that's awesome. I understand some of the limitations on where we can consume certain content. But if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel yet, you should definitely check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes and description. But if you just go over to YouTube and search for Doug Cunnington, or if you search for Niche Site Project or Keyword Golden Ratio, you'll probably find my channel. And then uh, you can subscribe and you can see uh, some of the other content that I have out there. So Brett shares his story with us, and you'll find that he actually got started with affiliate marketing and stuff a few years ago. So like a lot of the stories that I cover, people have a little bit more experience than, you know, being brand new, basically. So it takes a few years sometimes to figure things out. And as you gain more experience, you gain more confidence to try things. And I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's a coincidence that people have a few years under their belt before they have, you know, some groundbreaking, very interesting success story. As normal, after the interview, I will answer a few questions, and most of the time, I get these questions from YouTube comments or emails that are sent to me. By the way, if you want to ask some questions, you can go to YouTube and ask questions in the comments. I usually just kind of scour those and filter for questions over there, or you could shoot an email over to feedback at Doug.show, just feedback at Doug.show. And if you are a little bit bold, you can even leave me a voicemail message. And that number is 406-813-0613, 406-813-0613. Now, that is not my actual cell phone number. That is a Google voice number. So, you know, keep that in mind. I'm not going to answer the phone, but you will be able to leave a message there and ask a question. You could tell me where you're from, other details, stuff like that, and would love to, you know, get a voicemail. That would be cool. We could start putting them on the show here. All right. So without further ado, let's get over to the interview with Brett. This is a super interesting interview because I don't even know... (laughs) where it's going to go. So I'm sitting with Brett right now. Brett, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty well. It's snowing right now. It snowed like three inches or so today. Uh And uh, I'm kind of locked inside the house. I mean, I could drive around, but I'm just like, I don't want to go out there. It's like wet, nasty snow. So by the way, where are you located? I am currently in Greensboro, North Carolina. Nice. Got some good barbecue around there, pulled pork and stuff, right? Definitely. I missed that up here in Montana. So so here's the deal with this interview, everyone. And I guess, Brett, I'm going to bring you in on this because Brett contacted me months ago. We exchanged a couple emails. He said he was going to like try and work on his niche site. Fast forward several months, he said, I've done that. I've made a lot of progress. I've published a lot of stuff. And are you actually making money right now? I am. I'm making between 500 to 750 a month from the site. Super cool. So congratulations, by the way. That's like the top half percent. Like most people, 
never even start a site, even after they like know that they can, and then even fewer people continue iterating on. So congratulations, like that's really impressive. And um, anyway, so I really don't know much about Brett at all, other than we exchanged a few emails. So now I know you're from, uh, or you're in South Carolina. So what are you doing there? Can you tell me like what you do for your job? How did you find niche sites? So I'll just turn it over to you about for the intro. Yeah, so I'm 22 years old, currently a senior in college, and going to finish up this year. And I originally got into niche sites and affiliate marketing probably six years ago, maybe, through micro niche sites, kind of super small sites, and kind of been on and off since then. Had a little success in the beginning and then kind of got lost along the way. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you said six years ago? Yeah, probably around then. Gotcha. And then did you like launch a site back? If I did the math right, you were like 16 or so. So yeah. did you actually launch a site back then? What yeah, happened with it? I launched, well, my very first site I actually purchased off Black Hat World. I bought it for like $49 or something like that. It was one of those pre built sites. Yeah. And I bought that and I actually paid, I don't know, $50 or so for backlinks. Actually ranked pretty high and made a couple hundred dollars. Nice. Um, eventually it got penalized, but yeah. it's kind of in. And then from there, I've launched a few sites, had a little success. And then, I don't know, over the past five years, I've probably made 20 sites or so. Okay. Cool, cool. It's always interesting talking to people when they are making some money on the site, especially, you know, five to 700. That, that's a really good spot. That's probably worth like, you probably priced it out. You probably have a better idea, but that's probably worth like 12, 18,000, depending on yeah. a couple of factors. So pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most of the time, if, if I talk to someone who has a site like that, usually they've like launched several, maybe not 20, but like they've launched several along the way. It's crazy. You got started when you were 16. It blows my mind. I was like cutting grass and like washing cars at that point in time. So things are shifting a little bit. So <laughs> cool. So what are you studying in school? What school do you go to there? I go to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro and I'm a business administration major. Got it. I guess I'm curious like how you started following me. Like what did you implement? Cause I know you contacted me a while back. Just, I guess, bring people up to speed yeah. with what you've done over the past, say eight months or so. Mm-hmm. So the main thing that stuck out to me about you was the adding a bunch of content and not focusing on backlinks as much, but more about finding low competition keywords to go after. So cool. for this site, I think I messaged you in the beginning of summer, somewhere in spring, late spring. Right. And my original plan was to add a hundred or so articles based on low competition keywords and put them all onto this site. And just see how it would improve traffic and revenue. And since then, I think I've added about 85 articles. Cool. And I mean, I've seen great results so far. Awesome. And through the, I guess, through that period of time, did you do any backlinking or anything? I had a few backlinks before then. I probably had five guest posts or so. Okay. And that period, I probably got five to 10 more, but not a huge amount. Okay, cool. So 
it's like under 20 total and your main focus was content for sure. Like 85 articles is a lot to orchestrate. I expect you, did you write them yourself or did you hire someone? I outsourced 95% of them. Okay. Yeah. That's the way to go. I mean, at that volume, it's like an insurmountable thing. I mean, that's kind of, unless you're a writer, yeah. then it's really hard to do. So yeah. cool. Very cool. And how old is, is the site right now? The site is a little over one year old. Okay, cool. And then um, when you first started it, like what was your approach? It's, obviously, it wasn't like the content angle like you shifted to. So how did you approach like keywords and stuff like that, building out the site? My main focus then was really on putting out like three or 4,000 word articles and just being the best in my market. Because I thought there was a pretty big gap and there wasn't very much information in this market. So I just thought, if I put out a few of these big posts, I'll probably be ranking pretty high since it's the best content. Right. And then did that work? It took a little bit. I kind of got discouraged at the beginning because I put out the content and then it didn't immediately rank. But right. three months later, it started to rank. So Okay. And when you say rank, did it rank like in the top or where did it rank? So I guess in the first month or so, it was probably 40 or 50 maybe. And then fast forward three months and it was probably top 10 or pretty close to top 10. Gotcha. And then has it reached like number one or is it still like in the top 10 or whatever? So most of them now are in top three or top five. Okay. And that's just with the, you know, under 20 backlinks generally. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Nice. Well, like I said, congratulations. That's pretty pretty impressive overall. And I can probably in not in this interview, but in another interview, you sent me some stats over. So yeah. I'll share those stats, at least like where they were at the time. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to like keep, you know, track of like the trajectory. I'm particularly interested in the retail season. So I'll tell you a secret um, that I don't talk about too often. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Okay, so the keyword golden ratio, by the way, everyone, that is sort of the root of what Brett has been working on, what I've like talked about for a couple of years now. Like mm-hmm. the keyword golden ratio is a way to like publish content without having to build backlinks. Backlinks will help, but you generally don't have to build backlinks and you'll start getting some traction. The thing with the keyword golden ratio is you publish a lot of content and like individual users are going to your site. They're buying something at Amazon and they're putting other stuff in their cart. Let's say one person is shopping for one particular item, which you review. They buy that item and they buy eight other things. For example, the interesting thing, right? I spend so much time trying to convince people that it works that I don't even get into any of the advanced stuff. Like more savvy people eventually ask the questions, But instead of like revenue going up like two or three times over the retail season, Mm -hmm. it goes up by like eight or 10 times because there's more individual customers, right? And each of those individual customers are doing their holiday shopping. They're all buying eight items. So instead of like three individual customers, you have like 10 and they're Mm -hmm. all buying eight items. So the math works out crazy. And I like hypothesized this a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. sure enough, when the retail season hit, like my revenue went up by yeah. like way more than I expected. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed that it'll hold up for me, that it'll hold up for you because instead of making, you know, five to 700, it could be like 4,000. You're like, 
wow, like that came out of nowhere. So you'll have to let me know. I'm really curious. Now, I talked a lot. I'm going to shut up. You had some questions for me, and I think it'll be useful because a lot of people are sort of at a stage where maybe they added a lot of content, they have a little revenue, and it's kind of like, all right, like 2.0, like what what are you aiming for now? So I'll turn it over to you and you ask me questions. So my first question really relates to finding Amazon keywords because when you're interested in adding all this content, of course, it's going to get harder and harder to find these keywords that are low competition. I um, go to Google and mm-hmm. I'll like look for like the main term. I'll use um, like permanent marker. Uh, I've just bought some new permanent markers here. I'll say like best permanent marker and then I'll see what comes up in like the auto suggest. You probably heard this before from me, but the auto suggest and then once you find like a couple terms, you can keep looking at the, you know, also related searches down at the bottom. So those are great in conjunction with keywords everywhere. The Chrome extension, the free Chrome extension, you could like see the search volume there. So that's really helpful. With that, you could find like tons and tons of different keywords. Now, the couple paid tool options that you can go after. You can use SEMrush, which is a great sort of keyword research tool. It's an SEO marketing, search engine marketing suite. And then Ahrefs provides really similar information. They have great backlinks as far as their database goes. SEMrush has kind of a poor database of backlinks, but that's not their thing. So either one of those tools could be good to go to, say, your top 10 competitors, like look at all of their keywords, like download the CSVs, combine everything, and then yeah. start filtering in like smart way. So I could tell you some options that I usually do mm-hmm. that can get you in the right direction, but like the best stuff is going to be things that you figure out on your own based yeah. on what I'm telling you. So I usually yeah. look for longer phrases, so like four words or more. I'll yeah. look for anything that contains best because that's a mm-hmm. buyer's type keyword. I'll look for verses, right? product X versus product Y. So you can look for anything with verses. Those tend to convert really well because it's someone like far down the sales funnel at that point. They know the two products are comparing. And I mean, I don't have the math in front of me, but if you have like five or six products that you could compare to each other, that's like many, many, like several articles that you could write. Not all of them are going to be like perfect as far as like uh, keyword volumes and the KGR. If you could find it as an auto suggest, you should probably publish it because that means at least like one person's looking for it. And then further with those two things, you're going to have like more keywords than you'll be able to publish anyway, just because SEMrush and Ahrefs have so much data. So as far as finding keywords, that's sort of like the deeper dive that you can go into. Perfect. And then my second question is just general internal linking for large sites. Is my site has 125 posts or so. Once it gets bigger and bigger, I think internal linking gets pretty important. Right. So I guess like what struggle um, do you have with it right now? So, I mean, my basic strategy has just been I have a – can't remember what it's called, but one of those plugins that just shares related posts. And I also try to include at least one or two or three links to somehow related articles on my site. Okay. I think both of those are probably good. I don't go the plugin route. I 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true, but I have a feeling that Google doesn't um, like value those as much as the in-content links. So yeah. it, it may be sort of like a something that I think because of like what I know about backlinks and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's true, but I don't use one of those type plugins. I do the, you know, like in-content, like in the body of the post, yeah. I'll do links to other articles. It's great if they're related but I even link to other stuff that's not really related. You know, it's an article about the the marker, but maybe I'll link to notebooks or something like that. So it's kind of related, but not not really. I mean, it's the same kind of user that would be interested in it, but yeah. it's not really tied to it. And as far as like implementing it or something like that, like there's no real shortcut, right? Like the way I do it is I get every single URL on my site. And I did this, I've done this a couple of times. Every single URL on my site, and then you just make sure that there's a link. I mean, you could hire, I hire someone to do it, right? So yeah. it's basically like web research and like being able to use WordPress, but they go in and they check to see like external links. They mm-hmm. actually log them and document where they are. There are tools that could probably do this for you like faster, but uh-huh. at the point where like I see like a certain post doesn't have outbound links to, you know, intern or sorry, internal links to the same, to my site, right. Then I'll want to have some added and then vice versa. I want that many links coming in. So it is a purely manual process. I don't know a way to like do it automatically because you have Mm -hmm. to put in the anchor text too, right? Every time you put a link in, like you're impacting the anchor text and that's important too. As far as like a strategy, just like slow and methodical. If you look at like the whole thing that you have to do, it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming. But if you're just like, Hey, I just need to look at one post today, two posts today, do them Mm -hmm. then. And this is a remarkable thing. Like when I actually interlinked my site, like everything moved up a little bit. It creates a really good passing link juice through the site is what people like to say. So does that help? Definitely. I guess piggybacking off that, do you have any strategy for anchor text when you're doing internal linking or is it just kind of anything that's relevant or makes sense? Yeah, really anything that's relevant and makes sense. I know it can be more of a science and there are you know specific ratios that you want to stay yeah. in and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But usually because I don't want my, I mean, these are like writers and editors who are doing this work for me. So I usually, they're not SEO experts and I don't actually want them to be SEO experts because like, I don't know where they learned their chops or anything like that. So these are just like people that can communicate well and they can read and write well, which is all I need. So I just tell them, you know, make it a long phrase, like a full sentence. Like it's usually going to be keyword rich. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have the title in there, but not always. So it's kind of just like, hey, whatever makes sense team, you can do that. So that's how I manage it. Okay, perfect. Then another question is, do you use any other affiliate programs other than Amazon? No. And then the caveat, like on my sites where the main goal is Amazon, I don't. There is Mm -hmm. one site where it's like in another niche and I I have some uh, like ClickBank products, some are physical products, some are info products, but it's in like another area. I'm not as interested in that. It doesn't bring in a lot of money. There's not as much traffic there. Um, it's like a hundred bucks a month. So I kind of, I usually don't talk about it, but on the Amazon site, like the goal is Amazon like sales. So I only focus on that point as far as like a share sale or commission junction or anything like that. 
you can get like higher commission rates potentially, but oftentimes you're not going to sell as many items. The stuff I was talking about before, like if someone is picking like one item, they buy at commission junction, you obviously only get credit on that one. You don't get credit for everything in their cart that they're buying from Amazon. So it's a trade-off. And I'm sure for certain niches where products aren't offered, well, you're better off going with something else. Or if there's an info product that fits, you could do that. But I, I just, I haven't messed with it and I have low interest in it. What is your favorite type of backlink, whether it's the easiest or what you found the most effective for these white hat type sites? Yeah, I think probably just like the guest post angle, mm-hmm. just because that is the most straightforward, you know, it seems to have positive impact. It may be a little slower than other types of links, but you can do those in a way that is really hard for your competitors to emulate and copy. And that's what I'm going for. I don't want someone to be able to just go to my site, check out my backlinks and then pay to get the same links that I have because they can see that all they have to do is like offer money and then they can get it. So through building relationships and making it like hard to copy and hard to recreate, it sort of builds a moat, hopefully around the competition there or around my site from the competition rather to stick with the moat metaphor. And then I guess this kind of relates to interlinking. Is there such thing as too much content? Probably, but I think the risk is like keyword cannibalization and for the people that aren't familiar, it's like if you have two posts on your site and they're like really similar, yeah. Google is ranking the wrong one for what you want to rank. And like basically you're cannibalizing your own results and stuff yeah. like that. And with the keyword golden ratio, it's like likely to happen because things are so closely related. And it's one of the biggest, you know, people are really afraid. They're afraid of putting too much content, having thin content, and they just don't do anything, right? You didn't do that. You published stuff. You tried it and you see what happens. And sometimes something ranks for what you didn't intend to. And then that's what I do. I just publish everything. And then I see what Google reacts to because I could do something with data, right? Mm -hmm. I can do something with the results and I can adjust. But the people that are scared to even try to publish something or they're afraid that Google isn't going to like it, well, then they have no data and then either they don't do anything or they're publishing stuff that's just not going to rank the same. What I usually do is combine the post and then 301 redirect the one that I moved, right? So slightly technical, kind of a pain in the butt, but I don't do it that often because frankly, I don't check that often. (laughs) As far as too much content, like that would be the risk. Otherwise, I would say like for these types of sites, you could publish a whole lot of stuff and you're going to have a whole lot of traffic. It's probably going to be fine. And do you have like a specific example where like maybe I just didn't mention it? I think you covered it pretty well. But So if you had a site that so my site has 125 or so posts and if I potentially had enough keywords to go a thousand posts in the next year or two. Right. And they weren't too closely related. So you'd recommend just going after it? Yes, in general. Mm-hmm. However, I will tell you, I just published like over 200 articles in the last like two months or so. And it cost 6000 ish dollars, maybe a little bit more. So it was a little pricey. Like the site's making good money. I've just reinvested. So it wasn't like out of pocket, reinvested it. Yeah. 
And when I took a step back, I realized that it was easier for me to spawn up a content team because I had pieces in place already. So I did that because it was easier. The thing is, if I would have spent $6,000 on white hat outreach and link building activities, I maybe could have gotten like 50 or 70 guest posts. It would have taken more time from me because I would have to train the team and stuff. That's a lot of posts that I could have gotten. Maybe it would have taken a little bit longer and stuff like that. But I mean, links can make a huge difference, especially let's let's just pick a, I guess, a hypothetical example without a specific keywords or a specific keyword. If I would have gotten like 20 links to a specific post that was, say, yeah. ranking number three, and it has 8,000 searches per month, that one page alone could be worth like 10K a month. So you have to look at like the cost, the best ROI. And as I took a step back, I was like, oh, I published so much content. I have been publishing a lot of content, but I haven't been doing the link building part, which is important when you look at content that is not KGR compliant. So now I'm like, okay, I need to dedicate resources to link building and potentially like instead of adding more content, Brett, like you maybe would want to improve content that's doing well. Maybe something's ranking number two. You only have a thousand words. What would happen if you made that 4,000 words long? Maybe you get like tons of long tails that you didn't even know were out there. And then, you know, even if you don't move up to number one, you could like improve the traffic to that page by a lot. So instead of publishing new stuff, maybe you just like double down on what you already have. And that being said, I don't know if you have a specific answer for this or if it depends on the site itself. Have you noticed between link building and content if one has a better ROI? I think there's too many factors. Yeah. There's too many factors. So I know like for Project Go White Hat, if people aren't familiar, this was a site that I worked on with my friend Rob and we took it from like a gray hat site with private blog network links. And then we got a bunch of white hat links to replace them. So this particular site, I think it only had like 45 pages when I started working on it with Rob. We added more, right? We added KGR content. We yeah. beefed up the content. It was a good ROI. But also it was a small site, like comparatively speaking. It was pulling in like 10K a month. The thing is... Rob dedicated his resources to the link building portion of it and the private blog yeah. networks. I don't know his like upfront cost on that, but I mean, he didn't have that many links going to the site, but it was pulling in, you know, five figures a month. So looking at that, I expect there's some blend that's actually like best. I think if you just did content, you're going to have some trouble. And if you just did links, you'll have a little trouble, but a lot of times and that, you know, project a white hat site was like sort of proof of it. The content was not great. It was passable at best. We had like powerful links, not many, but we had powerful links from those private blog networks before we converted them over. And Mm -hmm. that like did pretty well. If you have a site, I see more sites with a lot of content Mm -hmm. with no links that don't do anything. So my my hunch is links are probably like, they're a little bit harder, they're a little more expensive to do. You can make more mistakes with it. So I have a feeling like there may be a slightly better ROI on links. Okay. 
but Perfect. there's too many factors. Like if you put the links to the wrong place, like I've seen this too, just talking to someone. Yeah, I can't mention who it is, but I was talking to someone recently. They had like 50 links to their site, which is uh-huh. good, but they're only making like $100 a month or so, which is not that great for that many links and the amount of content that was on that site. And it was because like, the way the links were created, the way they were done. These were white hat links too, but just the way everything played out, like it wasn't making rankings, which is sad. Cause like, that's a lot of links. You should be yeah. able to like just about rank for anything with like 50 yeah. pure white hat links. So cool. Any other questions that you could think of here? I guess kind of unrelated question in the future of affiliate sites. Do you think we're going to see West and West, I don't know, small sites, 10, 15 page sites compared to 100 page sites? You know, probably. I feel like people are shifting that way or sites are shifting that way just generally Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I think when affiliate marketers were doing like more gray hat stuff, Mm -hmm. sites tended to like get penalized more often. There was more churn. I feel like there's a group of people that are building sites now that are doing stuff that like, you know, cements them in. They're trying not to break the rules like myself and stay there and reinvest to sort of like firmly plant the site in place and thinking brands and media companies, not just affiliate marketers. So I think like with that in place, yes. However, there are so many new products and like long tail keywords and, you know, keyword golden ratio ideas out there that like you could just keep going sort of or keep going and finding keywords and have like smaller sites that like start getting traction and then from there of course you could like grow the site a little more now the other part of it is i mean things are going to shift right so like affiliate marketing will will shift and maybe there's a lot more video out there right Mm -hmm. like maybe the there's like a whole like group of people a whole set of i guess youtube type affiliate sites where it's like based on a YouTube channel. And I mean, I know people do have, they push those products on or push products. For example, like if it's a, I watch a lot of like how to do YouTube channel stuff. So they talk about cameras and stuff and they're like recommending products. I'm sure they're doing really well. Those are high end items. Like I'll purchase through those links because you know, they have good reviews. So I see like a shift like sort of like that. But I think all the skills will stay the same. I sort of like went, I talked about what you asked, but I also gave like more stuff too. So cool. All right. So Brett question for you, I guess, what are your, what are your goals? You're a senior now you're going to graduate soon. Are you looking to go into the corporate world? Are you going to keep stuff on the side? Do you have any idea like where, where you're leaning right now? I mean, the ultimate goal would definitely be to make a full-time income from affiliate sites. I know graduating in six months might not be possible currently, but eventually down the road, I think I'd like to be doing affiliate marketing full-time. Cool. Cool. Well, it's totally possible. A lot mm-hmm. can happen in a few months, but the the slight risk with the affiliate sites is like you don't control the traffic, you don't control the program. So mm-hmm. it's a little dicey. However, you have you probably have like fewer responsibilities now yeah. than you will in a few years. So if you're gonna yeah. pa- <laughs> if you're gonna pause on the uh, the corporate stuff, now would be the time. But mm-hmm. it is. 
I'm sure there's like good recruiting stuff happening around there, but yeah, I don't know. I, you know, and I did, I talked to um, Matt Diggity the other day for an interview and um, he did like a corporate job for like nine years. Yeah. I, I did one for like 10 and it mm-hmm. sucked, but I think like the, the stuff that I learned in there, the politics, all the stuff that we had to deal with, yeah. we learned a lot through it and it really translated well, but both he and I had sort of a tech background and like mm-hmm. an engineering background. So sort of the project management, the deliverables, like all the sort of structure stuff was good. The politics were bad. We hated a lot of it, but um, yeah, it's just interesting. Cause like I, I learned so much and it would have been cool to be doing this sooner, but I think I had to go through all of it, put everything together. So that probably doesn't help you. It probably confuses you more, but just wanted to throw that in. Well, thanks. thanks for sure. Service. Sure. Well, it was great catching up. Let's check in in, you know, a few months, um, see where you're at in like January, something like that. So thanks a lot, Brett. Do you want people to follow you anywhere or not follow you anywhere or whatever? D- totally up to you. I have a blog called Passive Niches, but it hasn't been updated in a little while. So I have to get back on that. PassiveNiches.com. Okay, cool. We can edit this to put the right thing. So how about, do you want people to follow you on Facebook or no? Facebook is fine. Okay. So yeah, maybe people can follow you on Facebook and that'll be like the place where, you know, if they want to connect with you or something like that. Uh, In fact, don't connect with me, connect with Brett because I try and stay out of Facebook, but (laughs) all right. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Of course, thanks a lot to Brett. I really appreciate him taking the time to tell his story and do check out his site, which I'll leave a link in the show notes and description and stuff like that. So you'll be able to get to it. Now, I don't mention it too often. I don't push it too hard, but I do have a course called Five Figure Niche Site, and it is my premium course on starting an Amazon affiliate site. And One of the key things that you get out of the course, there's two main areas that are a huge differentiator, I think, between like other courses and my other content that you can get either on my Niche Site Project blog or on YouTube. So there's tons of content out there. And, you know, once you start looking around, there is an overwhelming amount of content. So number one, I think one of the huge values of the course is what is not included. There are many, many endless number of things that you can do that maybe even could help your site a little bit or help the process of you creating an Amazon affiliate site. However, maybe they don't help that much. Maybe they're more of a waste of time. And like I said, there's like endless endless numbers of things that you could do that may or may not be helpful. Maybe it doesn't hurt you, but it doesn't really help you that much. So the, one of the key things of the course is it's a framework. It's a framework of what to do in the right order. And I outline, you know, like a framework would be, I outline, you know, what you do and take you step by step. So you don't have to worry about, you know, step 75 when you're on step two right? That is part of the overwhelming thing that happens. For example, and it'll be easy for me to go off on a tangent here, so I'm going to rein it in a bit. But when you are thinking about like what 
what niche you're going to get into, some of the keyword topics. You may also have in the back of your mind uh, something about email marketing because maybe you just listened to a podcast where the, the guest on the show did really well with email marketing and you're thinking, well, I need to keep that in mind as well. Maybe I will study a little bit about email marketing, but you haven't even you know, picked your, your domain name yet. You haven't even set up hosting and you're worrying about you know, something that you don't need to worry about for several months, if ever. Right. So there's a lot of things that you just don't need to worry about yet. So that's, that's number one. That's a huge differentiator. And one reason why you may want to look at five figure niche site. By the way, you can go to five figure niche site.com if you are interested in checking out more details there. Enrollment is not always open. So if it happens to not be open, just shoot me an email and let me know. And I can usually get you a special link to get in there. So the second reason why you may want to consider the course is access, right? If you're listening to this, you probably realize that I'm somewhat available on YouTube. Um, I'm somewhat available via email. If you send me an email and you ask me a question, chances are I sent you a reply back. Depending on the question, I may or may not have been able to send you something detailed enough to be helpful. Chances are I sent you some sort of a vague answer and I sent you a link to go read a little bit more, hopefully on something related to what you were asking about. But the point is when you enroll in the course, you get access to me and I have one uh, VA, actually she's a an account manager and a director of customer service for me. And she has been working with me for years. She's actually uh, very knowledgeable in the affiliate marketing space and has some affiliate sites herself. So anyway, the point is you get access to ask me questions and my uh, VA who helps with you know customer service as well so that you can actually get an answer when you know, maybe you're not sure about a specific, a very specific post or post on your site, you can shoot me an email, ask me a question, I'll go look at it, and I'll give you a response. Now, one of the key things uh, with this is you need to ask a specific question, right? So if, if you enroll in the course and then you send me an email and you say, hey, can you have a look at my site and let me know what's going on? That's not going to work. It needs to be specific. If you ask specific questions, and this is across the board, you could use this in your life as well, but if you ask a specific question, you're probably going to get a better answer than if you just ask a general question. You know, Here's a good example, and actually, we'll just gradually move into the Q&A section. So this um, question comes in different forms, but I see this often, and this is uh, one of these general questions that is not helpful. So it comes in the form of, I'm thinking of getting started online. What should I do? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just too general. I don't know anything about um, you or your skills or what you're interested in or anything like that. The huge problem is there's like an endless number of options and a funny thing happens like once you you know start something you know once you start taking some action you get a little bit of success what happens is you start seeing even more opportunities and you have more confidence to try them out and um, you start 
trying too many things. But, you know, back to the original point, which is, you know, if you ask a general question, you'll get a general answer, which usually is not very helpful because it's tough to take action on on that. Now, when I when I step back and I'm like, okay, how can I be helpful to a person who just doesn't know where to start from? I would suggest, you know, don't get in a hurry and to expose yourself to a lot of different business models, to a lot of different ideas, people in different um, like areas of the internet or different uh, formats. Or uh, like, for example, you could go to like small business meetings in person in your town, right? Like uh, the million cups meetings. I think that usually those are fairly active and you could just show up. And I mean, it's a good place to meet people who are doing interesting things. Or of course you can check out podcasts or YouTube uh, influencers or bloggers, stuff like that and see what they're talking about. And then you'll probably hone in either on someone's personality, which is fine, um, or a specific business model that you may see in different areas. And at that point, you know, you could do a little more investigating and the, the probably most important thing is to focus. I highly recommend picking, you know, one kind of business model, working on that for a while, learning the, like the ins and outs, potentially, you know, networking with experts in the area so that you can learn from them, potentially enroll in their course. Again, I've actually enrolled in courses once I had the confidence to invest in them and spend, you know, uh, actually a lot of money on courses to get access to ask people questions, right? People are busy, especially people that you want to learn from that are experts in areas. And they may not be able to get back to you and answer your questions thoroughly because they're so busy. They're out there creating things. They're doing their own work. However, if they do have a course, they support the students in the course. So if you do have questions, usually you can like, you know, get direct answers. And I enrolled in a, actually it was a course on courses um, by Derek Halpern over at Social Triggers, who I've followed for years before I bought the course from him. And they had uh, office hours. Derek had office hours, uh, several sessions. And I showed up for every damn one of those and I asked questions in every single one. Derek knew who I was. You know, Derek knows like if you if I were to send him a message now he would probably remember that I enrolled in the course I showed up did all the all the work did all the meetings and I asked questions uh every single time you know they weren't uh throwaway questions they were actually good questions and you know part of it was that I w- was going through the work and I was like giving him specific examples back to my original point okay so that was a long answer for a question that actually wasn't even asked um specifically Okay, now heading over to the YouTube section, I'm going to just have a look at a few questions here. So uh, Dan asks, and Dan, um, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Dan Marsu, maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of vowels at the end there. I'm not sure what to do with those. So Dan is a uh, frequent watcher, a frequent commenter, and I appreciate that, Dan. He says, hey, Doug, I did a bunch of keyword golden ratio research and I watched a bunch of the videos and I don't see where the model is as passive as, say, 
um, he's referencing some specific um, other program, which I'm not familiar with. Um, and then he says, if you have to hustle to, you know, do guest comments and, and do links and, and all that stuff. And Dan further says, I understand that the ratio should be under 0.25 and will those links grow organically if left alone? Okay. Good question, Dan. And I think, you know, I mentioned in here that I don't, I don't know the other program, but here's the deal. If anyone is actually, um, trying to sell a completely passive piece of, uh, I guess business model, a, a passive business model, it makes me question it a little bit. I will tell you all the stuff that I'm working on. It's pretty damn hard. It takes a little while. It's frustrating. Um, there were times when I was working on it uh, in the beginning where, where I was thinking, is this going to work? Am I completely wasting my time? Uh, my, my friends and uh, family they were like, wow, what are you working on? Like, what, what is this? And it looked like there was a ton of work being done and maybe not much return in the beginning. And really when it comes down to it, everything is harder than you think it's going to be. Everything takes a little bit longer than you think. And let's face it, if it's worthwhile, if it's something that is going to last, if it's something that is a little bit defensible, right? It's going to be hard work. And by the way, do you, I mean, I'm not directing this specifically at you, Dan, but you asked, you asked the question, but, and it's triggering this, you know, reaction from me. Maybe I had too many coffees this morning, but the point is if there's a business model that's very easy to get started, it's easy to, uh, you know, make your first, let's say thousand dollars a month and it's cheap to get started as well. And then it's pretty passive. Well, guess what? If you set that up and it, it's going well, there's going to be like, you know, 50,000 people right behind you ready to trample over you and take your spot. So if anything is easy to get to, it is not going to be um, without competition. All right. Like that is a key thing to understand. Now, the good part with, uh, you know, the business model that I'm talking about with the keyword golden ratio affiliate marketing in general. It doesn't have to be Amazon. It could be, you know, maybe you want to focus web hosting, right? Web hosting pays out a lot for every single acquisition for the hosting companies. Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income is a great example of that. And the point is, if it's hard to get to uh, like a successful level or whatever you deem a successful level, that is going to be good in the long run. Now, the the point that I was trying to get to is if it takes a little while to get to it and um, all you have to do is keep showing up, improving just a little bit each day and doing the work. Because here's the thing. A lot of people are lazy. There's, you know, 500,000 people right behind you that are, um, you know, wanting to take your spot. But maybe there's only 50,000. I'm just making up numbers, by the way. Maybe there's only 50,000 who will actually show up and do the work. And maybe there's only, um, you know, 500 that can come close to even working as hard as you. And as long as you're trying to improve a little bit each day, that's all you have to do. Just keep showing up, keep trying to improve a little bit. Um, and then you'll be in good shape. So my answer is, um, uh, Dan, you're, you're asking how passive is this model? Well, I could tell you, I've probably only put about an hour per week 
into my affiliate sites over the past year and a half to two. And I could tell you that I probably spent a little too little time, right? I've been a little too passive because I've been focusing on things like YouTube, for example, or blogging or whatever, or you know, moving and taking some time off, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the whole point is don't be afraid to work hard. Don't be afraid to do something that's not as passive as you hope. And if you're aiming for something really passive, then I'm not sure what to recommend to you. Um, yeah, everything takes a lot of work or capital to get started. If you want, right, if you want something really, really passive, you could do like, uh, you know, real estate, um, rentals, that sort of thing. It takes a lot of capital to get started. And maybe you can make it really passive, right? If you get a property manager and have a handyman and, and stuff like that. But you may have to, you know, put a lot of money on the line up front. And then if you want to make something really passive, you have to pay people to do the work that's required. Um, there's always maintenance, whether it's you know painting the house, putting new siding on it, new roof. Um, there's a leaky faucet, the crawl space flooded, or if you have to put more content on a site, if you have to improve content, if you have to do link building and whatever. So you know, don't be afraid of the work. Look for stuff that takes work because that means once you get there, there's not going to be as many people that can replicate it because people are lazy. Next question is, oh, you know what? This one's not a question. This one is just a statement. This is from Aladdin uh, Serac, which I don't know what that is, um, or if I'm pronouncing that right, rather. Doug, I have a website that's two months old. I've tried the keywords, the premium keyword tool suggested to me, and I got nowhere. One week ago, I found the keyword gold ratio. I uploaded four articles to make them KGR compliant. Oh, sorry. I updated four articles to make them KGR compliant. Three of them ranked on the first page the same day. He says, are you kidding me? You are a genius. And uh, that is pretty awesome. That is amazing. And that is a valid strategy, by the way, if you have already started publishing content, or uh, maybe you're, you know, just wanting to revamp things a little bit, you can go back to your content, see if there are any KGR related uh, terms that are close to the content that you already have, and just change the title. You don't have to change the URL slug or anything like that. Just change the title and maybe, you know, spruce up the, the copy a little bit, tighten it up, do a little editing. You could almost always tighten up uh, written words. So see what you can do. And a lot of times you will have good results, especially, you know, the cool part is the person, uh, here had a site for a couple months and just things weren't working out and then boom, it works. All right. The unbiased reviews asks this question, how many words should we write per page? If the KGR is less than 0.25 and the local monthly searches are, is less than 250. So basically, um, how long should you make your content? Well, generally, as long as you need it to be. And, you know, my sort of like rule of thumb, uh, at a minimum, 800 words, uh, just generally. And if it's a bigger topic, 
or maybe you take a look at the competition, you see uh, there are some other sites that have content and maybe let's say everything out there seems to have an average of 3000 words, you should probably aim at least for the average um, if it's very long. But if you just want to give it a test, which is what I recommend, just aim for 800 to say 1500 words somewhere in there. So about 1200 on average or so. And I mean, the thing is, if if it's a very narrow topic, if it's a very narrow keyword phrase where you can't really go too deep into uh, like more details, then make it as long as it needs to be. So if it's a pretty concise thing, maybe 400 words is what you need. All right. So uh, try to make it 800 if you can. For most things, a thousand is even better. If it's a bigger topic, you can add more words. Of course, there's no upper limit. There's really no upper limit. Um, but you know, for a younger site like Unbiased Reviews mentions, I would suggest aiming on the lower side. And then once you get some, uh, you know, once you get some traffic, once you get some data, you can you know write more content and improve the content for the posts that are actually getting traction. All right, and last question here that we're gonna do for this session. This is from uh, Tom Cullen. He says, hi, Doug, I've been around for 13 years now. I changed my business model two years ago and I'm overwhelmed with the tasks at hand and wearing too many hats. I provide web development and secure hosting and I deal with WordPress 100% of the time. While I do some customizing of themes that I have access to, I also try to develop online properties like uh, niche sites. But I am one person spread way too thin and I'm losing track of my goals. I produced an executive summary to raise money and challenge some ad networks, which in my opinion would totally disrupt them. Any ideas? I know it's a lot to take in with one comment. So I would say, number one, Tom, you have to focus on some things. That is the key, right? There's, I mean, you could do anything. I mean, this is what I was talking about in the, uh, you know, the first point, like there, there's a ton of opportunities. There are many things you could do. They will all work. All right. Unless, unless the idea is just really terrible. Any of the business opportunities that you mentioned, you know, they will work. If you stick with it long enough, if you find your you know, customers, if you find your audience and you're providing value to them, it'll work, right? If you if you just keep at it, it will work. Um, again, there are some business models that you know are terrible and they're not going to work, but generally the stuff that you mentioned, it's going to be okay. Web development, secure hosting, and WordPress. I mean, any of those are fine. All right. Any of those are fine. Now you mentioned that you're, um, producing or you, you created an executive summary to raise money and challenge some ad networks. I think that's bananas to be honest with you. Um, maybe you can disrupt, um, like ad networks, but my hunch is if you're spread too thin already doing a startup model is going to be worse. All right. It's going to be even worse. And even if you do raise some money, it's going to be, you know, a, a uphill battle and very difficult. So my suggestion is to potentially pick one of those areas, maybe just WordPress and stick with that. Like just do that. Be very clear about what you're offering. Avoid, you know, custom 
like custom contracts and stuff and just be clear about the product that you're offering and maybe even niche it down to, I think I remember hearing a few uh, success stories, maybe on Smart Passive Income, I don't remember, uh, maybe over on Side Hustle Nation. It was a website developer, someone who created WordPress sites for restaurants. That was it. They just did WordPress-based websites for restaurants, and they had a template that they used. I think maybe they used one or two. I'm just you know, making up a couple details here. They had very little flexibility is the point. So when they got a new customer, there was a pretty fixed flow about what happened and when, and they didn't have to recreate the wheel or move around stuff on the website. It was a, you know, you get um, option A or option B. It's like the Model T. You can get any color you want as long as it's black, right? Is that is that right? Is that the reference? So the point is, if you're really clear about what you're offering, you can niche it down and be very clear about who you're advertising to and identify with their problems that they need you to solve. So I think focusing will be help, helpful. I think, um, you know, refining your goals, you mentioned you're losing track of your goals. I think if you refine your goals, you'll be in better shape. And then the whole ad network thing, I mean, if you want to, if you want to spend time on trying to convince people to do, um, to do things differently and, you know, be disruptive, that is a different story. That is not, um, that is not anything I have experience with. And it's taken me a long time um, to go from, you know, a corporate worker bee type who was pretty risk averse to having a little more confidence to try things on my own, but to do a startup and, you know, go out there and try and pitch people to raise money and all that stuff. I think that's a, that's a tall order. And, and by the way, once you start raising money, um, you kind of have a boss again, right? Like these people, if they are investing in you, they want to have a say in what's going on. So you have to start making compromises. And one thing, as you probably know, Tom, I could tell from your question, it sounds like you've been working on your own here for a little while. So you may have your own opinions on how things want to be done or how you want them to be done rather. And um, you know, you don't really want to hear what other people want you to do so they get a better return on their money, right? So you may have some different uh, drivers than they do. All right, thanks a lot for joining me on The Doug Show. I really do appreciate you taking the time. If you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing. I have a ton of other episodes out there covering lots of different topics. Sometimes I just tell stories. If you are a longtime listener, I appreciate you too. If you haven't left a review, that is awesome because now you have an opportunity to leave a review and that would be totally cool and I would really appreciate it. If you're looking to get started with affiliate marketing or making money online or anything like that, you should go over to nichesiteproject.com. That is my blog. Once you're over there, you just click the green button, enter your name and email address, and then I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff. I'll send you templates, some motivational emails, and I think there's probably just some random emails that I send out there 
also. So we'll catch you next time on The Doug Show. Thanks.